Go. Hey, hey, welcome to the Legendary League Legends podcast here. How's it going, fellas? Doing all right, Anthony, Matt? Hello, friend. Hey, 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 hey. I'm all right, how are you enjoying the week? They had to cancel the TSM game. Oh, they had to cancel the TSM? What yeah, happened? Something happened after game four. What? Something happened after game four, and the whole thing got shut down. It was crazy. And the whole thing just got straight shut down. Black that game four was TSM holding a fat L. I remember <laughs> that. I'm pretty sure the stream got cut. Alex, I was watching on ESPN, so I was just getting commercials for the last hour. Oh, like there was all of a sudden a TV ad, and then the game was over. Was that what happened? No, I don't remember. I have the receipts because you said that you predicted the TSM win in game five, and then I, Dion said it's. Hang on, wait, 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 wait. I said <laughs> I said no such thing. I simply said that I, that Dion was a false prophet, and that I would like, never. Make prophecies ten minutes before the prophecy needed to come true. You said you had faith in your king, and then your team lost very badly. Wait, wait, faith and prophecies are not the same thing. Let's let's be very clear about this. You are the false prophet. Dion is the true prophet. This is what we've come to now. Okay. Well. Before we uh, talk about the games for this weekend, did uh, either of you go and take a gander at what uh, it was like watching on ESPN? Because people were real unhappy about what it was like to watch on ESPN. What was I it like to watch on ESPN? Did not. A lot of ads? Uh, yeah, that a was like, the main complaint, is that there were ads. Like, there was an ad in the middle of Champ Select, and then there was an yes. ad in the middle of the analyst desk, on top of yes. all the other ads. And I think yes. they weren't putting ads during the breaks i actually didn't watch during any of the breaks on espn but i don't know that's funny the other thing is it was like boxed like they had the espn ticker running at the bottom and then they boxed the content above it and it was so weird it had like bars on the why oh i I was completely fine with that but the ads drove me crazy because it would be double dipping on like the same ads it would be like oh hey here's the state farm league of legends ads and here's the normal state farm tv ad what the i did not like that i did not like like they had nothing to do with riot basically and also the tv ad in the middle of champ select was not yeah. Nice. It was not a good one. That one seems like the worst. Like it I was. <laughs> Who cares? What? You missed half of Champ Select. They stopped right before Ban Phase Two. Mm-hmm. You don't need to see Champ Select. You'll see what champs are in the game when you're in the game, bro. <sighs> but then you don't get to go see what the coaches are thinking in all the game, you the mind the games that are happening. You see what the fucking champions of the game are. If you if you, you go know what the if you go go by community sentiment all the coaches are thinking garbage they don't they aren't thinking anything it's just is anyone ever thinking anything uh reaper until reaper does the wrong thing and then it's not reaper yeah 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 i feel like the coaches are whatever the fuck the community wants to gun for if Mm -hmm. If they don't see any reason for the players to be playing this badly or the team to be working together this badly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the coaches are normally the default at, um, the def- hold the blame for anything that goes wrong during the game. So let's say if, like, over a particular series of, like, four or five games, like, the team's not either cooperating properly, if the team's, the champs looks wonky, like, the coaches are going to be the ones that are going to be blamed 
most of the time. Mm -hmm. Even if, let's say, a player was like, oh, hey, I really think that Karma Jungle will win us this game. I really think that Karma Jungle will win us this game. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> I don't know why I thought of Karma Jungle. Anyhow, moving oh, on. Oh, because Karma Top with Hooney. Touche. So, but again, <laughs> I'll take the L for that one. And especially after like seeing uh, the Team Liquid fiasco from the split, where nobody really knows, like, is it double lift? Is it the coaching staff? Like, what's really going on here? Even though... Well, the thing is, is blaming that coaching stack, is a, it's kind of a different argument than you're not doing picks and bans right, or you're, mm -hmm. you're not orchestrating this team's, like, like how they want to organize their gameplay right. Like, that's a systematic coaching problem. That's a, this team is not cooperating fundamentally, and you need mm -hmm. to fix that before you can get them to work together in the game. That's mm -hmm. where, like, that, that feels like a rather correct uh like blaming of the coaches there because you can't blame the players for everyone not getting along entirely like that the the coach is supposed to to like facilitate their cooperation <laughs> but like i said that's the most recent fiasco where it's like blatantly apparent that like there's a problem with the coaching staff or with like the team and you can't really discern clearly like how much which one's mostly to blame right that's all I'm saying. Oh, speaking of uh, coaching staff, uh, Reaper had one coach of the split. What's our uh, what's our thoughts on that? No shit, he did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> He's going to get that everything. and a travesty if he hadn't won. Yeah. Oh, my God. It would be so weird if all of a sudden the all-pro team didn't have their coach as the best coach of the split. <laughs> He's going to be up there. All of a sudden, you see... Curry, FlyQuest coach up there. What? No, no one's that. Would I do that? Yes. Would any thinking person do that? No. <laughs> so he admits he doesn't think. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there is only a void in the space between my ears. Alright. So along with that, they announced that uh, Zven, Blabber, Niski, Sunday, and Jazuke are the top five can er, candidates for uh, the 2020 LCS Spring Split MVP. Mm -hmm. uh, what are the What do we think the chances are that Sunday or Jisuke are actually anywhere close to the other three? Pretty low. No, no, that's not gonna happen. I want to know what the difference is between the players just below Sunday and Jisuke. Probably pretty big. No, 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 mm -hmm. no. I, I I'm thinking the gap in between the C9 players and those two. Is huge, and then below someday in Jazuke, it's like close. I bet you Bjergsen might be right there. Why Actually, I don't even know. Just lost this team in series. <laughs> no. Hmm. I don't know. You're just mad because you're not going to finals, Anthony. Uh, so you want to have some solace of Bjergsen being high in the MVP. Yeah. TL's not in playoffs. I don't. I don't know why I would be sad. What? TL's not in playoffs. Why would I be sad? Because neither is your team. Uh, <laughs> I'd remember that. <laughs> Don't worry. Alright, so. Mm -hmm. What else What else we have to talk about? Do you want to just get right into it? Let's get up in there, dude. Spent right. a lot of fucking time at the start of this shit waiting for Heymon's webcam, so. Alright, so let's, uh, <laughs> let's talk about the C9 versus EG series kind of quick, because it was kind of quick. Uh, <laughs> Be quick. Uh, yeah, uh, was anyone kind of at all surprised by the outcomes here? 
I was I was a little oh. surprised by the resistance they put up at the end. Only the champ selects. Only the champ selects. Only, only the champ selects were surprising. That's it. Jizuke, game one, picking Yasuo. Did not see that one coming. <laughs> didn't they have Gragas? They did have the Yasuo-Gragas combo. Still didn't see it coming. That's Wouldn't have thought about it happening special, in North America. How did you, not, I, how did that you was... not see that happening? That happened this split. That happened last split. This is a, last this, split? It's a known pick. I saw the I know, used it's to do it all the time. C9 used to do it constantly. Mm, trying to find yeah, but I actually haven't seen... I never thought of Jizuke having a Yasuo. That's it. And in game one, it didn't look like he had a Yasuo. So... No, I, I, I saw them running down this pick band, and I'm just like, if they pick Yasuo Gragas, I'm a flip. And they picked Yasuo Gragas. And they lost. Uh, I think flip? I was making food, so no. <laughs> nah, he flipped the patty instead. That's what happened. He doesn't know how to make anything that's not pasta or iced tea. Consists exclusively on gluten and sugar. Got it. He flipped the noodle. That's I it. I make burgers. I make bacon. I make pizza. I make a fucking ca calzones. I need to get pizza. Okay. Pasta. We we need pasta. to know. I will agree. Pasta is a very major part of my diet. Is it frozen pizza or real pizza? That's the real. I'll make real pizza sometimes. Okay. You're right. Okay. I know. So, so let's talk about the game that uh, EG won. That's game three. They popped out my beloved Poppy. Oh. Uh-huh. This Poppy Boy. pick for Kumo looked like exactly what they needed to make this, to make, I don't know, to, to beat Cloud9. Like, I think this is how they were going to do it. If they could have, uh, if they could have kept going. I watched Licorice run over... Uh, Kumo for basically that entire series, and he was doing it in game four. Yeah, that matchup. Agree, but the pop <laughs> was still critical to their winning. Yeah, I was very surprised to clutch that one out. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not banging Suzuki with popping all. Svenskaren was looking mad. This game, this game was what it, I want more of. This game, it was a 27 minute victory from Evil Geniuses, and that fucking looked amazing. Oh, Blabber just didn't just look totally lost on this combo. I think, I think this kind of more shows how hard Pantheon Talia is to execute. Mm -hmm. uh, but C9 lost to EG in a way that TSM didn't lose when they ran this combo. Because when TSM ran this combo, they lost at sixty minutes because they got because mm -hmm. they were better players. They're a better team than the teams they play. I think was this against EG or it was against the Mortals. Uh, but they couldn't execute their comp fast enough. So they're running on a comp that stops progressing at 30 minutes for an extra 20. No, they, they ran that versus FlyQuest. And then what wound up happening... Yeah, because PoE was basically just holding it down mid lane. You're right. You're right. I'm thinking of the TSM versus FlyQuest game that they ran it, though. Yes. That's all. But yeah, they normally let it go to late game. And that's... Not what you're supposed to do with this comp at all. <laughs> no. And, and Blabber getting stuffed this hard on uh, Pantheon really kind of put them back. Mm-hmm. It's very much an early game pick. Can just go straight into the enemy jungler with proper support in the early game, but otherwise doesn't clear that fast. Mm. I, I, it still needs a little bit. I feel like it's quite lethal. 
but like you said, that its wave clear seriously hampers its its uh its strength. And if you can, you need to learn how to path around that properly, and by and create and create a deficit for the enemy jungler that your lack of wave clear. You need to create a deficit that makes up for your lack of wave clear. That, or you need to make sure that your team's aware, hey, I'm not going to be able to pull off these ganks. You can just wait for level 6 and just get off that first uh, Pantheon ulti. But it feels very weird to do that on Pantheon. You really want to put your team in a lead. You really want to stay relevant for as long as possible. I, I, I feel like this is a blue side heavy strat. I feel like it's actually less effective on red red side just because of the angles that you uh, can attack lanes from from blue side. They just feel better to me. Mm. I wouldn't be able to tell <laughs> if I'm being very honest about that. Because it feels a lot easier from blue side as Pantheon to just walk up bot lane and press R on their tower and kill two people than it is to do that from uh, from red side. Okay. Alright, alright, I can buy that. But I don't really, I, like, I don't know why I totally think that. It might be because of how Tribush is positioned, that it's a much easier escape route, and not, and you don't have to run through their red buff if you're getting chased from their from uh, their mid laner coming over, but... Okay. I have a very weird theory about Blabber. What? Take a minute, uh, gents, turn your brains off for a second and just listen. Alright. <laughs> Alright, so Blabber coming into the split was susceptibly going to be the weakness for C9 every single time. That's what everyone thought. <laughs> they thought everyone wondered whether Zven was going to perform. Everyone was like, no, Blabber's not going to perform. And he came into the split, and the way that he played was so much better. But most of the time, it would be because enemy teams would be targeting him around objectives like you normally do for junglers. And most of the time, it would be because he'd be the only one who they could target. Because Ven's doing his job, Vulcan's doing his job, everyone else on C9's positioning properly. And so Blabber's been able to get away with making plays, only to save himself in some of those moments. And it looks amazing each time it happens. But I, I think that's what he's been doing. I agree. I think Blabber's skill is being... Like propped up by Niski and Licorice being some of the best laners in the league at the moment, and Sven too. Like he's he has all three of the best laners basically. They they're on the old pro team, so the jungler's gonna look really good there. I mean yes, but I've been looking at his plays during the split, and it does not look like something that I would expect from like Blabber previously. I would not have expected him to do this. Really? For example, there was one time in an EG game. Um, where he predicted that Sven Skarin would go on to him while he was Gragas. And so instead of tossing his barrel away from him, he tossed it straight on to himself in order to knock Sven Skarin uh, up straight after a Jarvan ulti. That's not something that I would have expected Blabber to do, right? And there's been multiple instances in which he's had this thought process before. And it's the only explanation that I can think of is that he's been using this kind of predictive play. That's the only conceivable thing that I've been coming up with. Given he's a pro jungler still, and he has a very high skill cap, but this is not something that I would have expected from him. It, <laughs> right? I don't... 
Hi. I don't think I fully understand what you're trying to get at here. I also have no idea what you're talking. Like, I, I, you're, I, are you trying to say that he reads his opponents better than the other junglers in the league? I'm saying that he has a better read because of how good. Um, let's say it this way. Normally, um, right. If you're in a team fight and you're skirmishing for an objective, you'd be able to find some sort of in, maybe on the enemy top laner, maybe on the enemy bot laner, uh, but most of the time you want to get the enemy jungler, right? C9 plays so well that you can't get that in on the enemy top laner or the enemy bot laner or the enemy mid laner when you're skirmishing for an objective. So most of the time, teams will go, oh, the jungler's here, we're just going to go for blabber. He's still close. He has to make a play. We take out the playmaker, we get the objective, and the jungler's gone. And it seems like Blabber has been using that to his advantage. Because since most of the time, the C9 top laner, mid laner, bot laner can't be heavily targeted or are playing so well that they're, you can't just get them. So uh, During any time during these objective skirmishes, most of the time, teams go for Blabber or overcommit onto Blabber, and he can just okay. do an easy read. Okay, hang on. And get away with it. Every team goes for the jungler. Every I team. know. Every time. I know. They go for the jungler. The jungler plays Initiate, the jungler plays a Squishy Champion, and they always try to kill the jungler. I don't really think that that's anything special about Blabber. I think that's just how you play League of Legends. I... No, but I think it's especially the case for Blabber because C9 is so good that you can't. Let's say, how do I explain this? Ah, oh, well, that was my brain off moment. <laughs> but I have this working theory on it, and hopefully, I'm gonna try to see it during like another C9 game and try to point it out. But that's been my working theory for why Blabber's been this good this split. I, th I, I, I just think he's propped up. I think his, all of his lanes are the best in the league, and he has to do whatever he wants. Okay. Now, all right. Concur? Yes. Yeah. Well, that's... Okay. Well, let's get out of the rabbit hole now. <laughs> what all do you right. guys think about the TSM versus FlyQuest series? Can't believe FlyQuest are so bad. My god, I can't believe that they were so bad that they managed to go 3-2 over TSM. I what did not cheaters, expect to see this play. Oh my god. Turtle flashed forward three times in that series. Between game one and game two, I was so happy. <laughs> <laughs> this was a full five head the entire time during the split. It looked like it was FlyQuest. It was like, oh, it's Ignar, POE, Santorin. But now they have Solo, who's looking like a four lane player who can actually like hold his lane and not lose out against most people, or at least go even. All right? His team fighting, I think, is, uh, is good. It's not as great as like some of the other top laners. It's still good. It still makes it. <laughs> but the biggest part is that Santorin can now go top lane, and he can go and get an early snowball. And Solo will actually make use of that lead. And Wild wow, Turtle's been doing great. <laughs> uh, I feel like we have to mention that this is the second time that TSM have had a salty runback series, where mm -hmm. their first game they went 20 for 20, 
same picks and bands after game one and game two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's it's been biting him. <laughs> so with that, here's the problem though: is that means that TSM are running bad drafts twice and then doing it again. They're right, they're picking badly and then going, you know, I'll fucking do it again. <laughs> I'll get in this. <laughs> Out into again, boys. What do you want, Reggie? <laughs> you. Oh my god. So, so that, that that's like the biggest question mark with T, for TSM for me right now is why the fuck is this a problem? You should be able to win these salty runbacks. If you won game one, you should be able to win game two. And I think what's happened both times is the jungler has alternated their early game plan, which really kind of stuffed whatever TSM was doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I guess that TSM should probably also be able to run a different early game plan or scout out to learn that the enemy team is running a different early game plan because I didn't notice TSM's early game change at all besides yeah. the fact that they lost the second ones they seem to have like a lack of adaptability within games which I dislike like when if they fall behind, it doesn't seem like they have a cohesive plan in order to get back into the game or like a viable plan, which is very, it's, this is blatantly apparent during game five, but if we're talking about games one and games two, um, I don't think that uh, Dardock really changed his path. I don't think that they tried to like involve Bio more or do anything around that, play around the bot lane a bit. I don't, I don't know. The crazy part is that in game one, TSM had Infernal Soul, and it looked like the only reason that they won that, right, during the last few minutes, was because FlyQuest messed up and thought they could finish off the game earlier, right? TSM with Infernal Soul (laughs) did not look like they could have beat FlyQuest in the full-on 5v5. Well, they probably couldn't because have you ever tried to team fight a level 18 Orianna, Gangplank, and Zaya with Victor, Aatrox, and Aphelios? Like that's not a that's not a better team fight. And Dardox playing full tank Jarvan who goes in and dies every time. Slowly though. Slowly, yeah. <laughs> But uh, that's what I'm saying. They're not trying to, like, all right, we're going to segment this fight into, like, 2v2s or, like, 3v3s instead of taking on a full 5v5. Um, They don't have that thought process. They're going, like, oh, we're the better team-fighting team, and we're going to do this because we have the better players. And that's just that just has been working. Not when the uh, enemy team has a better draft. Not when Ignar's been looking crazy on, on um, the Rakan not when Turtles seems like he showed up for this series on that Zaya. He really did. So, people are kind of blaming two th- two other things for this series. That's Dardock playing like garbage, which I'll agree he played poorly, and playing Aphelios Nautilus four goddamn times and losing three of them. And, and mm-hmm. one of them is the salty runback, so like... Yeah. Back OP boys. 
Yeah, you gotta change it. You gotta change it. And we know that uh, Kabe has his eye. <laughs> well, right. I don't think it was ever available to run Zyrocon for TSM. Mm -hmm. uh, the only time, actually, yeah, the one time that when they won in game four is when they got Zyrocon. They're still undefeated on it, by the way. But because they won in game four, that means that they got red sided on game, uh, game two, five. Or game five, sorry. Uh, and they had to ban Rakan, so they can't play it. They could have put, they could have left up Rakan and split it. But Ignar was looking crazy on Rakan. I don't think he needed Zaya to be playing that crazy. No, Ignar was playing nuts on Rakan that series he was like actually out there the amount of times that ignar lived with like 150 hp made me want to fucking peel my walls off oh my god and most of all FlyQuest looked like they had some really good strategies coming into this game <laughs> that was throughout the entire series did you see game four no no no, not game four i'm wrong I was gonna don't say. take me else. so did you see game three where they let turtle go down 30 cs so Ignar and Santorin could camp in a bush top lane behind an Irelia for like a good couple minutes. Oh my god. To get that gank off. It took it it looked like he knew they were there. And then he didn't. He, he knew and then he saw Solo walk away and he was like, There's no, no way without the top laner. No, that doesn't that's he does he didn't know they were there. There's no fucking way you know they're there at all. Because they could still kill him. They can still force the kill. They just were w trying to wait for him to be in a better position so they don't have to blow three flashes for it. Mm -hmm. But like... My God. Uh, why? Why? And even then, a couple minutes later, Turtle's back to being only 10 CS down. Which isn't bad. <laughs> Especially when you've been farming by yourself. For like a good a few minutes of the game. Right? That's crazy that that happened in game three and bjergsen and i don't think they had a terrible draft coming into like game three like i could have seen like the way that the irelia and the zillion were supposed to work but it just it just didn't <laughs> so i think the only reason they lost games two and three is because poe got fed early every time yes i think that's the only reason i think poe is hard carrying this team a lot and mm -hmm. well, I shouldn't say it's the only reason. It's the major reason why they lost these games. But mm -hmm. I, I think if you put any other mid laner who isn't Jazuke or uh, Niski on this team, TSM probably win hands down without even trying. I think that I think that's an easy three zero, hundred percent. And I think Poe is the major deciding factor. I I think I mean Poe might actually deserve MVP over anyone else because of how much he carries the team he's on and how much, like, look at how how heavily he carried CLG from 10th place to, like, 4th or 3rd or something in summer. It was crazy the, the amount of improvement he brought to that team. That is true, but I also think that they wouldn't have been able to get that second spot. That, yeah, no, actually, third spot at the end of the split without, like, Ignar being there. I, don't I think Ignar's bad. I think Ignar's crazy good. <laughs> or at least he's a mad genius is what I want to say. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, but he I was mean, Ignar was playing really, really well. Yes, but he was living mm -hmm. on such small margins, and if your mid laner is 10% worse, 
those small margins might just mean you lose the next the next fight that's about to happen because our support that's just blue walled and has a hundred HP. That's fair. But that's the uh, Misfits duo. They've been playing together. They were the team that took out uh, SKT no. in 2017. No. Was it? No, was they were making guy. a miracle Wait, run and P then they got knocked down. Was Poe on that team? Poe, uh, Maxlore, Ignar, I believe Alfari was there too, and. For the life of me, I can't remember the AD carry. Wild Turtle. <laughs> okay, Wild it was turtle. Alfari, Maxlor, POE, Hansama, Ignar. Okay. So, you know, they, they know each other. I mean, I feel like you overstate how much te uh, teammates know each other just because they played with each other for a while. I mean, yes, but Ignar also went on to bring Shaka 4 fourth within the EU, which is something that I'm also... Right. He has been like your go-to import support for if you want to buff a team a bit. I'm not going to take away from Ignar for that. <laughs> Hang on, does Ignar have residency in EU? I don't. No, he's Korea. No, he, he is from Korea. Right, yeah, There's... I know he's Korean, I just didn't know he had residency in EU. <laughs> so, I, so, what I think is also... A major problem with TSM is that is the way they play around topside. Fucking game. Try fuck what? It, fuck it. What? Uh, they can't <laughs> like the way they try to play around topside. I think Broken Blade's Aatrox is pretty good, and he played it. Like he played it for three games, but mm -hmm. it's not good enough. It no. <laughs> needs, it, like Solo was able to handle it. He, he didn't style on Solo with it, but then they put him on Aurelia. And while he got early kills, when you get when someone gets early kills, that means that they need to be able to make the big the next big play. Mm -hmm. And that's that's part of the reason why I'm like, oh god, uh, what was it? Game two, or was it uh, was it last series? I'm thinking of where Dardock. Yeah, I think it was last series where Dardock is on Olaf. He has like four kills or five kills early, and I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, Olaf has all the money. The game's over. Mm. What do you mean by the game's over? Uh, when your jungler has all of your gold and you're kind of even, the game's over. What do you think about that? Yeah. You, it, like, have you ever tried to push on with your jungler who has your gold and the game's dead, dead even? Dead, like, it's a standstill. There's no, there's no reason. The, like, the game's fucked. You have no yep. leverage point at all. All of your carries are actually behind. Yep, I just wanted that clarified. Oh, it's so sad <laughs> yeah, watching that happen. I don't like. I don't think that's. I think that's a. It's a. It's it's it, that's a systematic problem with jungle, not a problem with TSM. They, it, it was just a bad happenstance that in that game. I think there's this. Wait. Mm, I don't know. I, I don't know because. <laughs> okay. Why do, like, you, why do you think that's TSM's problem? So can you be wait? Say again what you think the problem is. I'm talking about when, uh, when Olaf had a lead, and then he couldn't. Oh, he couldn't I just push think it. there's always a problem with TM TSM junglers. <laughs> um, you in the circle jerk. I've been in it, bro. <laughs> Even Darduk looks like the best TSM jungler they've had so far. I, I like hands hands down compared to some of the other ones. You know, like, like amazing in Santorin. Ah, my, that season okay. five hurt me 
deeply. My favorite, okay. my favorite thing people say about TSM junglers is that it's where their careers go to die. And I'm just standing here staring at Santorin and Svenskaren and Amazing performing better than TSM ju junglers are currently. And I'm just like, how did it die? Well, no, I don't think you should be happy about your junglers doing shit on your team and then doing really well after the I'm not leave. saying that's not a problem. <laughs> I'm just saying that the way that they're positioning this argument is like, if, you, if you're a jungler and you go to TSM, you're basically dooming yourself. And I'm just like, on what planet? Most of the junglers who leave go on to do better. It doesn't make any sense. So either TSM has a problem with how they utilize their junglers, or their yes. junglers get motivated after they leave somehow. <laughs> It's the first one because you know, a I lot think of that in this instance, it was just a game specific issue of what happens when your jungler gets too big of a lead or too much of the resources and on not an, anyone on an early champ. Like not an ex exceptionally carry champion and the rest of the team just can't catch up and the resources they're just too even which translates to a rough mid game hard hard in the late game is hard I mean so you I have that on Kindred you should be set. Your late game is locked the fuck in. You're going in. You're ready to put this shit together. But nah. Nah. Um, Olaf can't do that. Olaf is so hard to carry on because an actual organized team will just melt his ass as soon as he walks at him. Yeah, they'll be like, oh, Olaf's running at us. Aw, oh, man. I guess we gotta kite him. Olaf <laughs> Kale seems like a great combo. I want more people to run Kale mid, but I feel like it's a sitting duck. Oh, uh, yeah. Proper junglers will just destroy it. <laughs> it also requires Very... too much farm, and mid lane needs to leave too much. Yep. Ah, <clears throat> uh, uh, man. All right. So, would you like to talk about Game Five? No, I want to talk about because Game Four. We want to talk about Game Five and roast Anthony's money. I want to talk about Game Four for another, another quick second because Renekton's okay, release do... is fucking insane. Mm -hmm. It applies yes. so much pressure, and I feel lose? like that was the best strategy TSM pulled out. And not only mm -hmm. did they apply pressure top lane, somehow half of the kills went to Bjergsen on Silas. Yep. Like, he how got, the fuck does that happen? He caught POE on a roam. TSM looked very prepared and very awake in this game. They were like, alright, there was a time when POE ganked top lane, right? After, um, it was him, Santorin. My god, I'm forgetting what Solo was playing that game. Santorin on the Pantheon. Uh, uh, trucks. Okay, he was playing. Okay. They did the Renekton Elise gank. They got um, Aatrox, and then Santorin and um, PoE are coming up to try to clean up some kills. Um, <laughs> PoE flashed Ws into the Renekton's face, and he gets stunned because there is an empowered uh, Renekton W there. No, he and then he dies just... because he's in range of turret. If he's not in range of turret, he's fine, and he kills him. I mean, yes, but also straight immediate stun on him as soon as he dashes in. Bjergsen comes around, cleans up the kill. It was it was a good thing to see from TSM that game. And the Blitzcrank from Ignar, not super impactful. The Blitzcrank from Ignar was an interesting choice. <laughs> he loves that champion and oh, like... I know. Ah, 
this is not loves it, but it's not always the pick. Did anybody yeah. see Bjergsen take Callista all? No, I didn't. I I was. I'm just sitting here thinking, how do you, how do we use this right? Does he put it on Broken Blade, or does he put it on Dardock, or does he put it on uh, Biofrost? Uh, he definitely puts it on Bio, so I can't tell you. I mean, either Bio or Renekton. It's one of the two. What was Bio playing? <laughs> uh, this is the Zyrakon game. Uh, Heymon is lagging out. Oh, Heymon Oh, no. Alright, you're back. Okay. Yeah, so he's playing, uh, Rakan. Yeah, sure, you can toss it on the Rakan, too. <laughs> That's my thought, is, like, you have Rakan, press R, then you just chuck him in, and then he just W's on the back line. Yeah, pretty much. You can get through a whole fight with it. <laughs> you get That's two free engages. It's great. Yeah, it's pretty good. I just, I didn't notice if he bound somebody at the beginning of the game. Well, it's unfortunate that we did not see the Ballista combo work out for FlyQuest that game. Didn't TSM run it? The Ballista? Last, last series. In the previous series, I think they ran the Ballista combo. I think they lost the game. I think people just I, run it because it's a good combo. I don't remember. The only thing I remember from that 100T series was that Cody's son looked amazing and Kabe had a clean Zaya. That's what I remember from that series. <laughs> I didn't okay Zaya. <laughs> Alright, here's what I want to do with this game. I want everyone to give like the their number one reason for why they think TSM won this, this game. Uh, Bjergsen oh. got super far ahead, and there was a lot better jungle mid synergy and pressure. Mm -hmm. They had a very clear game plan going into this one. Just get the Renekton and Elise ahead. And Dardox a great jungler. Broken Blade can play Renekton. That's it. I, pressure from the top lane. <laughs> I think they, that TSM won because FlyQuest didn't sack top lane and just hyper dive bot with, with uh, LeBlanc and Pantheon. That is fair. They could have just went and attacked a different side lane. Um, but Solo uh, is one of those four lane players more so than anything else. Um, I imagine that he player? was... What? A I what said lane player? Four lane player. Hmm. He does like to have his own lead and he does like to have a bit of agency over his top lane. I mean, they pick, they let them pick Renekton and Elise. All agency on that top laner is fucking gone. Yes. So I do imagine he was not happy that game. Oh. I, I, I feel like this was on FlyQuest entirely. I, I don't think... I don't want to say TSM did nothing to deserve this win, because they definitely performed well and they executed their comp correctly, but I think FlyQuest didn't do anything to not let TSM play into their, their, their win conditions. And they just kind of sat back as their top side got obliterated. They couldn't really do anything around their top side. They didn't try to, like, swap them out of it or anything like that. So, yeah, that's, yeah. I'd say FlyQuest didn't have a good strategy to stop that top lane from bleeding out. Mm. Okay. In game five... <laughs> <laughs> All right, bye. <laughs> okay, see you later, dude. All right, walk me through uh, Anthony's blacked out memories. So, uh, first of all, the game starts out 
one and one, a little early skirmish. Uh, Santorin winds up getting a kill. I forget who gets a kill on TSM's lane, but what's not, what's more important, what's more important is that TSM, in the heat of a moment, decides, you know what, Jerkson, Dardock, we're mid lane, we're walking straight there, we're just gonna walk straight bottom lane, not do any of the preliminary steps that you would do for this type of early game dive, and just four-man dive the bot lane turret. Just... <laughs> Go straight four man dive the bot lane turret. And that one in one scoreline, hey, hey, Matt, that one in one scoreline, guess what it changes to? What? Five and three. That's all of TSM's four people die while diving that turret. (laughs) All four members. (laughs) Because. Turtle dies. Ignar decides, I'm going to hold a fort. Hooks Kabe, keeps him under there. Biofrost dies while underneath that turret. Santorin, the, the Olaf with the kills on his way. PoE comes up. They clean house. And ever since that point, it's just the PoE show. It's just the Azir. It doesn't matter where you go. The Azir's literally split pushing by himself. Normally, you need someone else to set up vision. You need someone else around. No! He didn't care. No. <laughs> he, this was his Sharima Empire, and he ran that show. <laughs> TSM tried. TSM target, targeted Solo once in the bot lane, right? They managed to get him. And then, in a moment of brilliance, TSM decides, you know what? FlyQuest have... The goddamn Rift Herald. And Solo's at the second tier top turret. Let's go kill him. (laughs) Let's send four people to the second tier top lane turret just to kill Solo. And FlyQuest goes, What are you doing? I guess we just get an inhib. (laughs) What the second Rift Herald? And they almost get the mid inhib turret as well hey Ma, this, oh is, this is a, this is a great fantasy you're having here but like <laughs> you're crazy we have recordings oh <laughs> you, have, you have the tape there's proof there's proof, he says. I, I, I look. There's proof. Of, there's proof that UFOs exist too. Apparently, but we, uh, you can't prove that. I will give you. I got the tape. No. <laughs> I, I will go deep. I will, go I will deep give right you. <laughs> While Turtle did not look like he was having the most, <laughs> he did not have the most amazing game. That fifth game. Uh. He whiffed three ultimates, but that's not the problem, alright? That, that's not it. That's not it, okay? My man Ignar, in all of his niceness, throws three lanterns to Wild Turtle. Not to save him, <laughs> just to save him a little bit of time. Just to get him from point A to point B faster. And Turtle decides, nah, I got my own boots, and walks away from two of them. My, the disenergy in the bot lane could not be expressed more. That's why he died in that first TSM dive. Alright. Even 
even PoE had the decency to Sharima shuffle over to a Thresh Lantern. Turtle couldn't. Ah, straight disappointment. <laughs> he was stepping up the entire series too. <laughs> so, Anthony, why do you think that this is a fantasy world? Oh, because TSM <laughs> would never lose a series to Wild Turtle. That's just blasphemy. Oh, I see. It's denial. Great. Anyway, keep going then, Haymar. <laughs> That's everything I got on this game. It was impressive. Every this was the game where they botched the... Was this the game where they fucking hard botched the dive bot? Yes, this was the game where they hard botched the dive bot. Is this the one bot. where, like, <laughs> Turtle ended up, like, 0-5-something, but, like, his team won? Or was that an earlier one? Uh, that was probably an earlier one. Turtle didn't have, like, a signature. He was, like, Oh, I'm thinking of oh, a Sindra game. Anyway. Yeah. That's from a different a series, my dog. Oh, dude, the, Anthony, they fucked up a dive in that game, but that's okay. They're being TSM. <laughs> they're like, shit the bed. But the last game that dive bot, I think, was a pretty important moment um, for the momentum and resources of the game. And I think FlyQuest just choked him. I mean, it was... Honestly, it was really convincing. <laughs> like... It uh, it didn't even feel close at a point. It was just like, okay, like TSM is getting TSM is four man diving top lane uh -huh. to get one kill and one tower while they're losing a tower mid, losing an inhibitor tower bot, and I think maybe the inhibitor, but I also don't remember. I but think like, they, they were just chucking shit across the map. They were like, We're gonna send everybody to kill set and like our resources and map pressure just be damned i guess like okay. we're just going in i will entertain threw. your fantasy and explain the strategy behind that movement the only way that no, no, you no, can i know there was back. a strategy behind it i'm not saying it was uh, a bad strategy i'm saying it was a badly executed strategy no 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 that's that's how you basically that's how you have to do that kind of stuff is you have to find so you, you got to do lose no <laughs> you have to find the advantage you can while you're while you're losing things that you would have lost anyway anyways we we know the strategy the thing is that they really accelerated that right they might not have lost the um no they would have lost okay if you're behind by if you botch an early play and now you're behind and their bot laner and their mid laner are, are ahead the only person you can kill is their top laner because the bot and mid are going to push two different turrets in and rotate over to each other and you can't stop them and you'll lose either one of those turrets no matter what you do so the okay. option is to lose one of them, one of, one of the turrets they're pushing, and then go kill someone. Probably the top laner who isn't fed. That's the play. I mean, yes, but they killed him and they didn't get anything off of it. They didn't even get the tier 2 top turret off of it, right? They couldn't threaten a push because they had to immediately go back and save their base. Right? I mean... <laughs> that's what... That's yes. what I'm fed over. It's a, desper it's a desperation move. It's not... They were very far behind. <laughs> You're right. There was a time in the game where they were doing the dragon dance, and it looked like they were doing it properly, right? It looked like TSM was doing it properly, and then PO went, PoE went, Oh, I see Dardox in range for a Sharima shuffle. I'm just gonna go kill him real quick, and then we're gonna come back and secure the soul. That happened during that game. I, actually, it wasn't the soul. It's soul point. They just uh, got the third Drake off of that. But that's how fed PoE was. You couldn't take an objective from them if you wanted to. You could just not. <laughs> that botched early game dive pretty much set the pace of the entire rest of the game. 
It was very bad. They well, didn't... I would remember it if it was as bad as you were describing. I'm just saying. Ah, oh, man. Well, that was basically the entire series. <laughs> FlyQuest came out ahead. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. I don't remember that one not during that broadcast. <sighs> Must have cut the commercial. You're right, yeah. I was watching ESPN. <laughs> Too many commercials. Can't can't focus. Had to go buy some fucking OxyClean. <laughs> ah, okay. Okay, okay. <laughs> I, I, I really gotta make that giant jug of Pepto. <laughs> I gotta do Just it. Gonna, the, I gotta do it for next split. I gotta do it. Someone remind me after the quarantine's over. Is it so that you can stomach that series, or so that you can get it out of your system? No, it's for a meme. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a fake jug of uh, Pepto. All right. Well, there goes the. It joke. might be easier to just. I don't even have. I don't even get milk jugs anymore. I buy milk in like boxed cartons. What, are you a fucking so, a kindergartner? Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, no, like we buy big box market uh, boxes of uh, like pasteurized milk. Are you in kindergarten? I we get follow. irradiated <laughs> milk, Matt. Our, our milk is fucking nuclear. That can't be good for you. It's, it's just that's just how they they uh. No, dude, you're it. drinking fucking you're drinking the shit in Fallout that's gonna like actually like heal you a little but gives you hella rads. I'm gonna grow that third arm. That way uh I can finally have more than eight fingers. What? <laughs> hey, you never said it without a hand on the end of it. You just said it'd be an arm. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta drink more of that irradiated to try to the fourth. <laughs> Get that one. <laughs> <laughs> And the wonder. Alright. Ah, oh, man. So shall we say goodbye to FlyQuest as they failed to beat TSM in the series? No, um. we, we should, uh, we're gonna say goodbye to Team Solo Mid because they got <laughs> clapped out 3-2 in one of the most convincing series I've ever seen in my life. That's a lie. But I was gonna say, we've watched C9 play two series so far. I know, we're gonna... Yeah. I'm not gonna let Anthony keep this joke going. Not even... <laughs> for him trying to salvage whatever mental health is left in these foreign <laughs> times. I'm just going to break the facts and say, TSM, you're out of here. Goodbye. I don't know what you need to do. Play better, I guess. Um, <laughs> don't worry, TSM. You were put into the dirt. Flyquest. <laughs> hey, Ma, hey Ma, what, do you, what do you think TSM need to do to uh, fix themselves for next split? Beat Flyquest. Oh, this is... Five. <laughs> They really need someone to address their uh, late-game problems, because those have been a major hole during the split, and their execution sometimes during... Like, they have the early-game plan, and they have, like, a good team, but they just can't figure out what to do in the late-game, or how their comp works in the late-game. And I dislike that a lot. <laughs> I think... One, like I think their major problem is some breakdown between where the players actually are on playing a comp and where the coaching staff thinks they are. And, mm -hmm. and I think it's a little bit on the coaching staff's perspective on in pick and ban. Only a little bit. I don't think that's been too big of an issue. I think mm -hmm. TSM spent a lot of this split trying new shit and it not working out. I think if TSM tried to play as bog standard to their best comp as they possibly could every single game... Uh, then they probably would be second, but they didn't, and they ended up fifth. I think that's. I think 
trying new shit is the difference between those th those three placements or four depending on how you want to look at it i mean yes but um right the zillion pick was kind of expected it was uh well, he's a good zillion player like he historically. is a, historically he is a good zillion player i'm not taking that away from him but you like not, i'll fight you right <laughs> it was the defend the king defend the king Right, it's how they beat yeah, um, C9 during the split, right? But it looked like FlyQuest was like, all right, we have the plan here. They came up with a cohesive plan during like the drafting phase that, all right, the major threat on this team is Irelia. We're going to go, and no matter what, we're going to put um, this team behind. They executed on it. They kept on following up with picks, right? Even in the games where they were behind, they were like, alright, you know what, we're gonna sack bot lane and we're gonna send Ignar everywhere else to just keep getting picks in game one. <laughs> right? We're gonna get him away from Wild Turtle. He's just going to be the team support instead. Um, I don't see TSM making decisions like that. Going like, alright, we're going, we're behind and we're going to do this play to get ahead. We're going to send Biofrost top lane to try to get ahead. We're going to camp mid for like a good three minutes to try to get Bjergs in the lead. I don't see that from TSM, and think, I'm very worried I think you're about just blind. That. I think you're just blind and don't see when that is happening see, for them and when it can or cannot happen for them. I see them get the early game lead. I see them ha have a great execution on the early game, and most of the time they're mid game. But then in the late game, they just don't seem to have, they can't figure out how to get back into it. And that's the biggest so, problem that I've had. So I, I people will people say that a lot, where their 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 late game is the problem. But I people would say that about a lot of teams in the past, and TSM don't look like any of those teams to me. There's because in the past they would say a lot of the lower tier teams, like I don't know, this was the Team Coast thing, and up until they're they're uh, winning, and up until they lose, they're winning. Like a lot of a lot of the other older teams would lose. Because they didn't know how to close out games, so they weren't good enough to close out games against better players. And I don't, I'm not getting that same kind of feeling where TSM don't know or they're not good enough to close out games. I feel like that has been predominantly on the champions they've picked and their inability to close the game fast enough. Like, we're, we're, we're not talking about just knowing how to end a game of League of Legends. We're talking about knowing how to slam a game of League of Legends so hard with a comp that turns off like a light switch at 25 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Just shoot on drink. But yeah, that's been... I just need them to figure that out <laughs> I, I, also, I need I them also to understand what their comps are i also i think that's that's the main key is uh, is the understanding of their compositions because i yeah. don't think um improving their late game will make them better than the three teams above them i think between them FlyQuest, and 100 thieves is pretty fucking close they all they went to three games or sorry five yeah. games so yeah it's hard to really make that judgment where all oh, FlyQuest are a thousand miles better than TSM. They lost two of those games. TSM can beat them on stage. Well, uh, on stage. <laughs> yes, but they didn't. Game four was very convincing. It looked like, even though TSM had the advantage for most of the game in game one, it did not look like further into the game right. that 
they were pressuring FlyQuest. It looked like FlyQuest was winning right, uh, during like the last five, ten minutes of that game. We talked enough about uh, this weekend. Let's talk about next weekend with our picks coming up. All right. So I'll talk a little preface. Uh, the way that we did our picks was uh, we picked the first round. And then we picked, uh, like, we, we decided a winner. And then on our second round pick for the Cloud9 game, we picked whatever our winner was against Cloud9. Yeah. So. So, hey, Mutt, you are... Uh, tripping. FlyQuest over Evil Geniuses. Yes. What, what, Why? What's, what's your thoughts? Um, During the series FlyQuest versus Evil Genius versus EG was really close right it seemed like flyquest had a handle on some games and then they just were confused by jizuke i remember the malzahar game where he went on basically a run straight through the flyquest base and flyquest just didn't know what to do it wasn't that flyquest didn't have a lead they were just like how are we going to deal with this malzahar in our base <laughs> <laughs> and they had to invent so much time into actually taking him down that EG was able to gain back a footing and eventually win that game, right? And then, once again, Jizuke <laughs> foils them again in that game. He just keeps on buying time for them, and FlyQuest don't know what to do during that. <laughs> it's so weird. I felt so weird watching that series and going, oh, FlyQuest should win this game, but they're not going to now because Jizuke has not has bought time twice during this Malzahar game in order for them to win it. And I was so entertained, actually. <laughs> actually entertained that there was this much <laughs> shenanigans going on in a league game, but also very sad that FlyQuest couldn't handle this when they had a very good lead and it looked like they could have been the better team. But it's just, they let it slip away. I don't think that if they come back in the series, that they're going to let that happen again. I don't think <laughs> they can't let just have these random moments where he's side-laning, and then you have to dedicate so much time to taking him out. Right? They just can't do that. <laughs> I think they're smart enough. I think they can adapt. I think they have good team fighting. I think they can figure out a way to beat this team. And I don't think that Kumo's going to smash Solo Winley. <laughs> That's another key thing. I think Solo will be able to hold out his top lane. He's done it before in that series. He looked even better in the TSM series. And you just... They just have to figure it out. There's one thing that I will say that if EG does they might just be able to slam two games very quickly. And it's very apparent that FlyQuest doesn't know what to do um, when the top lane falls behind. It was a problem with Viper earlier during the split. It turned in the TSM series, they didn't know what to do when Solo was behind on against that Renekton release. So EG probably win it if they can target Solo and just explicitly uh, put him behind so that now FlyQuest has another major problem to worry about and maybe PoE can't carry as hard or has to figure out where what he's going to do during the mid game. Okay. I think And how to deal with Jizuke. <laughs> okay, so we've seen this matchup before and I think the only real argument as to why FlyQuest has a chance is because they're playing solo now. And solo's got more time with the team. I think that is the only 
the only response to that question. Everything else is probably the same. And I feel like that might make the difference. And to be honest, it might make me say that it might be a 3-2 for EG. But EG beat them through solo. I don't think he's going to make or break the, the entire series. Mm. If they, like I said, if they just camp solo and he falls behind, then I think FlyQuest has too many problems on their plate. They can't deal with Jazuke and the bot lane of Bang and Zazel at the same time that they're also trying to deal with solo being behind. If Solo manages to go even, and if FlyQuest can come up with a plan to perfectly execute on EG, they'll be fine. But there's still always that Jazuke factor, which is very frustrating. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> you don't like that Jazuke can just run you down? I don't like that Jazuke can run around the FlyQuest base for like a good two minutes, and FlyQuest is going, who's going to deal with this problem? We have a lead in this game. I don't... I don't like that. <laughs> Let me tell you, if um, Malzahar is in your base, you don't have a lead. He had to run fast. He split push. What he did, he drew three people right, over to the box. We're not, we're not here to talk about EG versus, versus FlyQuest past matches. We're here to talk about their current matches. So, Matt, what, why do you think EG is going to win this one? I think EG looks extremely impressive and certainly FlyQuest does as well um however I just think that in the head-to-heads EG is still a little bit stronger um I don't think that what happened against TSM was a fluke per se I'm just wondering if that if TSM doesn't make the mistakes they make I don't think FlyQuest wins that series right so like, I think a big part of the FlyQuest loss or win is certainly they played very well, but it's also predicated on a few mistakes from TSM that I don't think EG are as likely okay. to make. EG doesn't seem to have been making the same drafting problems, the same sort of comfort level issues. So like, I just don't. See, I see it being a competitive series, but I see EG taking it. I thought you had a John Madden moment at the beginning there, but you cleaned it up. What did I say? Uh, you said uh, FlyQuest won because TSM made mistakes, and I'm just like, that's kind of John Madden as fuck right there. I'm <laughs> also right. I, yes. Not, well, that's the thing, is John Madden's also always right. He yeah. just it, it, The famous line is, if this team doesn't put points on the board, I don't see how they're going to win. I mean, that's just true, my guy. <laughs> I, I can't say it's not. You win games right. by having more points in so, some games. We have <laughs> all predicted Cloud9 are going to win. Oh. Yeah. Is yeah. there any... Okay, I, I don't think we really need to make arguments as to why we think Cloud9 are going to win. So let's try and do this. What are the odds that these teams are going to win versus Cloud9? Oh, I thought you were going to uh, ask me why I didn't make it a 3-0 like you did. No, you're a coward. I know the answer. That's not why. It's because EG took a game last time, and I think they're capable of doing it again. I think they'll. I think they'll show. I actually think they will show more against FlyQuest, and have to That's lose fair. to C9. That's fair. Uh, so, yeah. I think it's pretty low chance that Fly. If okay, so assuming FlyQuest wins against EG, which I don't think they will. Re extremely low chance I think of beating Cloud9. Mm -hmm. EG I think has a slightly higher chance of beating Cloud9 uh, but I don't think it's especially high. <laughs> okay. I kind of want to talk about 
what's going to make the series competitive if it does come to it. Because I don't... Series? The C9 versus either FlyQuest or EG. Like, what things might make the game competitive? Because right now, as it is, it just doesn't look like they're going to be very competitive so it... series regardless either one's there. <laughs> Hey, Ma, what, 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 what's your number? Put a percentage to it. What do you, what do you think that FlyQuest can beat Cloud9? <sighs> I don't like the number I'm going to say. <laughs> What's the number? Probably less than 10%. Oof. Which is terrible. I... Because they haven't looked competitive against C9 during the split. And given they had Viper during that time, fine. They had Viper during that time. That's the reason why I'm giving them less than 10% and not like 2 <laughs> <laughs> they have solo now. <laughs> I don't think solo can actually match Licorice in the head-to-head, -head, and that's the biggest thing, <laughs> right? I don't think Turtle can match Sven's positioning in the head-to-head -head or team fighting, even though he did look crazy in the TSM series. Because I don't think C9's gonna let him just get away with having Zaya, right? But one, you only have so Sven, many options. Sven and Vulcan can hands down play Zaya Rakan. There's no doubt in my mind that they couldn't. And also, they just don't have to let them get that combination again. <laughs> right? <laughs> they, we didn't see Turtles' various look impressive in Game 5. That was TSM botching the game. They don't really have to take away... C9 doesn't have to take anything away from Game 5. Right? Um... The only way that FlyQuest can manage to do this is if they have like a cohesive effort to track and put behind Blabber. <laughs> That's the biggest thing. <laughs> that is what I think will give FlyQuest a competitive chance. If you can take Blabber out of the equation and you have to have Niski catering to him during the entire game, you put behind both the jungle and the mid lane because Niski will drop what he was what he's doing for the better of the team. <laughs> so I think EG have like a 15% chance at winning this series. Or 15. 15. Okay, I was going to be like 50 is very high. <laughs> <laughs> a coin flip. You know, you know what? I can't really. I can't honestly say. I will say thirty-five percent chance at winning this series because a twenty-five twenty percent increase. Wait, wait, no, no, no. Because no. here's my logic. Because a twenty-five percent chance at winning the series means that they win one game. So if they've won one game before, I think saying they have a thirty-five percent chance to win the whole series is fair. I. Also, think you're overrating that number. I didn't say that. I just said that was a big increase very quickly. I I, I had a thought and I changed my logic. Okay. Well, well let's hear your logic. I mean, I, it just, I, I, I just explained my logic as to why I said it. Weird. Okay. I want to hear a little bit more about it. Okay. So they did take one game off of C9. And because they took one game off of C9, one in four chance, right? You're taking that 25. You're well, being like, okay. Well, now I'm going to give them a 35% chance to win the series. Yeah, and I'm saying win the series overall. I'm not saying that they have a 35% win rate against T9. I'm saying I their chance at getting a, getting the series is 35%. Because I also said 3-0, and I think that's what's going to happen. 
because I because it's hard for me to really make this prediction. I, I I could say zero. They have no chance, and I'd probably be right. Like, but if I if I add that logic to it, where if they win one game, they have a twenty five percent chance at winning this every uh, winning this series, like just statistically. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I uh, wait, that's not the match I wanted to wa- to look at. I wanted to look at the last time these two teams faced off. Um. I th- I think the key here is to keep um, keep C nine off of Zoe. I think that's a key for both teams is to keep C nine off of Zoe because uh, Niski is crazy at Zoe, and he will keep showing you that if you let him take it. Okay. And I, I watched some C9 thing and uh, they said something like they didn't practice Zoe for multiple weeks because they like someone's going to ban it. We're not going to get it. We don't need to practice that. And they don't ban it and they have to play it. And that's so funny. Nisky smacks kids. And it's just like, what'd you expect, man? So I, I, I think that's definitely at least step one. And then step two is learning how to control blabber's agency with his top and mid lane because that that has been a key uh fixture for how c9 has gotten in like leads is playing around those two duos and uh uh, breaking up those synergies will be will kind of set tsm c9 back and i think that's part of how tsm won and i think that's how c9 lose has, has lost their other game when uh, Blabber got set back a little bit. But I, I feel like that, that might be more of a symptom than a uh, than the reason for their loss. Mm-hmm. Alright, Matt. What do you think? I already said what I thought at the beginning. Yeah, oh. I'm first. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Wow. Where have I been? <laughs> I don't... Yeah, I don't... <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we want to talk about roles? Uh, we're looking for head-to-head for <laughs> Yeah, I don't fucking know. I guess mid lane in general. Mid lane looks like the Which best matchup. Teams? Either team. I think PoE versus Niski or uh, Jazuka versus Niski. I thought you crazy. were asking me about the EG fly and then the C9. Winner. I mean, all of it. I think I think the uh, the mid lane I'm matchup is the hypest matchup for all of them. I'm looking forward to again, oh, yeah. the jungle matchup in the EG C9 game. Uh, Just for the storyline, bro. Saturn versus oh, 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 EGC9. You're right. Yeah, that'll but be a good conclusion. I mean, but every time it looks like Blabber's had Svens Garen's number. It and doesn't look. It feels like it looks like Svens Garen should be in Blabber's okay, head, but it's the other bridge. way around. Ah <laughs> uh, man. All right. Oh, actually. The bot lane for EG versus C9, or not C9, um, FlyQuest is looking pretty hype. Wild Turtle that... versus Bang? Yes, but... But... <laughs> Wild Turtle showed during that series uh, against um, TSM that he does have a Zaya. And he's not afraid to use I... it? <laughs> the problem is that I'm not so sure about his other picks. And that's where he's... He his on Varus. His, his Varus didn't have to show up that game. He could have... Okay. It would have right. made the You're game right. a he lot did, more competitive. a shitload of those ultimates. He did not hit any of them. He missed three <laughs> ultimates. 
<laughs> three, he was hey, 0 he for 3 on the shots ultimates. you don't take, just saying. Fair enough. And also, once again, the lantern synergy, disappointing. All right. But if you think about, we've seen Vents Varus as well. We've seen Vents Varus as well, right? And you think about how he has had TP Varus, right? And sh positionally showed up everywhere that he needs to be, teleported everywhere that it needs to be in order to handle his lane, handle team fights, right? We think about the difference between that, not only in how he plays his Varus, as well as um, his general ability to be that TP bot laner, right? I don't think Turtle matches that. <laughs> FlyQuest's playstyle during most of Split has been, okay, we're going to have PoE, Ignar, and Santorin carry these games. Viper might show up. Turtle needs to farm in a side lane. We need to make sure that he's getting farm. And sometimes that's worked for them. And sometimes that's gotten Turtle killed in a side lane or Santorin killed in a side lane. <laughs> right. So I'm still very worried about Turtle. <laughs> I'm still very worried about Turtle. Do you guys see the I... FPX skins? Do you know the FPX skins came out? I saw, well, they're not out, but... Well, they're on PBE. Oh, okay. I haven't seen them on PBE. That's actually good news. I didn't know about that. I'm they look kind of cool. I like them. But yeah. I'm go I'm railing very hard on Turtle, but it's because even though he looked very good in that FlyQuest series, I still have doubts. I still have doubts. <laughs> You're crazy. All right, Matt, we're out of topics. You wanna you wanna take us on home? Yeah, I think that'll do it for uh, the what is it? what was this round two of the uh, spring split of the of the LCS. <laughs> playoffs i don't fucking know this new format's stupid i mean catch the catch us live tuesdays at 8 p.m uh eastern on twitch.tv so 2k11 catch the vods on my youtube channel uh legendary podcasts and have a nice day